Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax. I am Podcast Poppy, and you are tuned into a brand new episode of Quarter Life Crisis, starting right now. Three, two, one. Yes. What an interesting time. What a very, very interesting time. Today is. I don't even know what today is. The 30th of May, 2020. Today is an interesting day. I live in Reno. And there was a Black Lives Matter protest that was organized to. Go on today downtown in Reno. Um, now there's been protests all over the country, right, for social, uh, for the social injustice that's been going on. With you know, the main focus is uh, police and authorities, but it runs much, much deeper than that. There are many, many social injustices, and uh, and they are they're they're present and they happen um, and they are real as fuck. Um, so today in Reno, there was a, there was a protest. Now I have, uh, I have mixed feelings, you know, about what happened today in Reno It ended with, um, it ended with the national guard coming into Reno to help with the protesters. They actually had to come and they started using tear gas and the whole nine, what you would see on TV is happening right on right downtown, right down the street. Now, um, which seems very, very aggressive. But, you know, on the other side, I'm seeing pictures and, and videos of, you know, protesters in Reno that have smashed the windows of City Hall that set the building afire. It got put out quickly, but, you know, and vandalizing um, police stations and vandalizing cop cars and shutting down streets and it turned into an aggressive violent protest um it was not a it was not a peaceful protest and um you know now it's all over the news i was getting warnings on my phone that um there's a mandatory there's a mandatory curfew in reno right now washu county which is just you know unbelievable and it's happening state after state and city after city after city you know, there's parts of me that's like, when, when, when is, when does the president pull the trigger and and pull out martial law? You know, because I have to, I have to think that that's around the corner. When you start vandalizing and looting, and what if people start getting hurt or officers start getting hurt, for sure. Right now, retaliation is a is a, um, and retaliation is a natural reaction when you feel backed into a corner and you feel suppressed and. You feel like you have no help and you feel like you're in danger. And the people that are in power are the ones that you fear. You know, it's never a, you know, it's never a good feeling. I grew up in Petaluma. I was one of the few black people there. And there's just a, there's, you know, there's this underlying fear. Now, my parents did a great job at raising me and, and um, teaching me on how to avoid those situations and, and putting myself in a position where others, whether they be authority, government, anyone, friends, 
family, not putting them in the position to where they can affect my life and, and have power over my life like that. Um, but some things are impossible to avoid. You know, the authorities is one. You know, and this is just a, you know, it's really starting to, to liven up. And sooner or later, you know, they're going to pull the trigger. You know, where citizens are just, you know, martial law will be in effect. And if you can't walk the streets, there's already, a, you know, there's a pandemic going on. And there's thousands and thousands of people in the street, not social distancing, not wearing masks on top of the fact that they're vandalizing government buildings and things like that. You know, so it's it's this weird two-sided coin, you know. If someone were to kill my son, and I believed that the motive was unjust, I'd burn this motherfucker to the ground. You know, like, there's a population of people who feel like the ones who are here to protect us and the laws that are put in place to protect us and give us justice are truly built around the fact that to have the world that we live in, the society that we live in, those laws have to be unjust for a certain category of peoples, certain populations. And it's become very, very evident. And you see that history repeats itself because I think it's a collective of things. I think it's people being uneducated on on what has happened in the past. I think it's, you know, the society that we live in. We're buried in a nine to five. We barely have time to you know, have free time for ourselves. We'll have kids and jobs and, you know, partners and, and endeavors and entrepreneurships and, you know, this, that, and the other. And, you know, we're, we're buried in this life and this hamster wheel where we have to keep our head down or we won't pay our bills. We'll get kicked out of our house. You know, we won't progress in life. We won't put food on the table. So it's very, very hard to fight unjust laws, right? Like if there's laws in place. There's law, there's other laws in place to, uh, to change them if they are unjust, but how can you fight those laws when you don't have the time to educate yourself and invest and you don't have the money to to combat? And the people who do have that ability are the ones who have originally written um, over the generations, written these policies. You know, so I'm not a I'm not a person to go down and protest, but I support the people that do. I don't support the looting and I don't support the vandalism. But I also have to be a realist. And if you treat someone like a caged dog for so long, they're going to start to act like one. You know, what? why Why should I respect these authorities when something terrible happens and the person that I'm supposed to call to protect me is the one that I'm actually scared of? You know, that's a total mindfuck, you know, and and now, like, especially with the media, it's just absolutely blown up because this has been going on. You know, my dad told me about it. You know, I have, you know, grandpas and great grandpas, not mine, but people who have who have lived through the years, you know, and this is this is nothing new. It just has more media coverage. That's all that it is. It's the information can travel faster. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine about Chicago and um, my brother, Teo, his family, his his family is from Chicago. And that guy knows more about Chicago than most who don't live there. And, you know, they talk about the gun violence and they call it Chirac and, you know, and all these things. And it's this big, you know, epidemic that's going on there. But you really look at, you know, Vlad TV and other interviews of, you know, of the, the people that I've seen are just influencers in the in the pop culture world. But this is generations. This is generations of generations of generations. 
And I like to use Chicago as an example because, you know, I think it was like, you know, the late 60s, early 70s, they tear down all these projects. And, you know, projects could hold thousands of people. And that was your clique. That was your gang. That was your neighborhood. That was your family. And you tear down all these projects and you disperse all these people into these suburbs, if you would, and rural areas and where they're blocks away from each other in these inner cities. You know, now enemies that were in their project are two blocks away. You know, and now the, you know, the massive group that you used to call family is dispersed everywhere. So now there's just small subsets of families, you know, and that's, there's so much violence and so much territory, you know, but when it comes to, uh, the violence there between non, uh, officers and the violence between civilians and officers, you know, how do you expect someone to forgive when you've taken the life of their loved ones? You know, how, how do you forgive? You don't. If someone were to take the life of one of my loved ones, there would never, there would never be redemption for them ever. There would be no way in any way, shape or form that they could somehow convince me to show any type of mercy towards them or forgiveness in their direction forever. And this is generations and generations, you know, police officers have killed their brothers, their sons, their uncles, their daughters their sisters, their mothers, point blank, right in front of them. You know, we have military who come back scarred with PTSD, you know, and they should, they deserve the treatment that they should, uh, uh, they deserve the treatment that is, you know, whatever treatment that can possibly be available for them, they should get. But also within the States, there's people when this violence, you know, these kids, these young kids and police officers who are in violence, point blank broad daylight it's scarring you know and and what's going on is just you know back to you know what's going on downtown it's it's you know you do have to stand up you do have to fight you can't just lay over and let these things happen and they are unjust and they're happening all over the country um but there's a lot of me that believes that we have to learn from the previous actions that have been taken by, you know, our previous generations. You know, I'll go with the black community as the best example since it's the main focus, you know. If we look back, we look at 62 watts. We look at 92 watts. We look at the all five riots, you know, and now here we are in 2020. And it's the same thing over and over again to the point where we get pushed and pushed and bogged down and threatened and beaten and mistreated to the point where we snap. And now the time in between is just getting shorter because of how fast media travels and how fast information travels, you know, and it's, it's absolutely wild. You know, we need to learn from those and better our our attack. But we're also fighting a massive entity that, you know, in a lot of ways is really somewhat untouchable. You know, they, they're writing the laws. They have the funding. They make these decisions behind closed doors. They have their force. They have their security. You know, the government has their security, the police officers that are out there every single day, and they protect them. They protect that brotherhood. So... How do you fight this monster with an impenetrable shield? And then if you do get through the shield, an absolute 
you know, mindfuck of a maze of loopholes and legislations and laws and regulations that you have to go through to even attempt to get in front of somebody to try to hear you out on what you believe should change. And the person that you usually end up finding at the end of that road is someone who had a hand in writing the writing the legislation that you believe is unjust that you have fought in this entire time to get to. It's a wild, wild dilemma, you know, it's wild, you know, like, and it breaks my heart, you know, and it's, it sucks that it's happening here. It's also weird. It's also a weird country that we live in because these things are unjust 100%, you know, I don't fuck with cops at all. I'll never fucking trust somebody with that much power. Someone that can just wake up and have a bad day and ruin someone's life or take someone's life. And the only fear is that they might lose their job. You know, that is, that is not okay with me. You know, whether I know there's good cops, there's great cops out there. You know, me and my boy Teo have run into great cops. We've run into terrible cops, you know, but until the good cops hold those bad cops accountable, you know, I'll never trust that brotherhood. You know, I have a lot of friends who have become cops and I can't trust them, not them personally but once you you know you're sworn in you you are part of a brotherhood you know just like an you know athletes or a gang or a fraternity that's your brother and you're going to protect your brother in the right or in the wrong you know there are people who aren't about that who are for social justice who do want to go out and protect the people who don't have the ability to protect themselves there are lots of cops that go in doing that but it doesn't change the fact that those are your people the ones who are out there beating and, and enslaving people's uh, rights and killing and, you know, abusing and lying and cheating the system, you know, to suppress others. Those are your people and you willingly join. And there's a good chance if you were there to spectate, you would protect your brother. You know, so it's. It's just a, it's a trippy thing. I could never, I could never in a million years trust anyone with uh, that type of power, to be honest with you. But it's strange because if you leave these borders that we have, you know, we, we go out and we protest and then we come back and sit in our cozy chairs and our warm homes and we sleep in our beds, whether it's a nice house or not, we go home to our houses We really don't have to fear people crossing our borders and kicking our door in and harming us and kidnapping us and trafficking us and and killing us and torturing us and, you know, um, and damaging our cities. And, you know, those are realities in other countries. You know, when things start to fall apart, people will just cross your border and take over, you know, warlords and, and, and cartels and corrupt governments and the absolute torture and murder and genocide that is attempted, you know, just the things that even unraveled in China, you know, there's things going on out there. They're a communist country. You know, there's the Muslim, there's Muslims out there in internment camps being murdered, which is something that, you know, we've had tastes of here, but not to the extent of what's going on um, in other countries. And so it's funky, you know, it's, it's like, man, it could be a whole lot worse I wish some other people saw some other countries, but on the flip side, which I lean more towards is, you know, I don't care how bad other countries are. What's happening here is still wrong. You know, we do have a lot of blessings being in America. Um, Very 
very, 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 very large amount of blessings that we have in this country. And we need to cherish them. But, you know, I do agree with the things that are happening that are unjust and, and they're heartbreaking. You know, I uh, I tip my hat to everyone who's going out there and and trying to fight this fight on a big scale. You know, I've had conversations with a lot of people about this. And, you know, sometimes it's controversial because I don't for me personally, like I don't go out and try to fight on that platform, on the big platform, on social media, you know, picketing and for the big movements. You know, I've seen uh, I just don't trust the system enough. I've seen this revolving clock so many times and it doesn't work and it's just ignored and then they'll slap a band-aid on it and they'll give somebody an award or they'll you know make a holiday or whatever the case may be or bring a bunch of black celebrities together and do a big thing on tv that's on every channel and we'll start to forget and think that we made movement when really no legislation has changed the same things that are protecting these terrible people are still in place so i try to i i decided to fight on a smaller scale my ecosystem i've seen much more successes in people touching others lives that are close to them you know trying to change the few people that you're around in the grand scheme of things to act correctly to act the way that we are fighting and protesting and marching and you know and um trying to get them to act the way that way you know with love in their hearts genuine free of racism free of judgment you know it's a uh, it's tragic it's also tough to get away from devil's advocate. We live in a massive melting pot. You know, you're so many cultures are clashed and so many cultures are different and have different beliefs and believe these things are right and these things are wrong, vice versa. You know, so it's tough to not have that. You know, even myself, I find myself having tendencies of racism just because there's so many cultures around and there's there's things about some cultures that I don't believe in that I don't like. You know, so that's tough to get away from. But the brutality that's going on right now is not okay. You know, I was reading I was reading this article and it, you know, Michael Vick has spent more time in jail than all of the officers who killed the last four hundred and ninety three unarmed black men in the country. You know, let that sink in for a second, you know. Out of those 493 cases, maybe some of them were self-defense. Maybe there were some good cops who made a bad call. Maybe there were some accidents. But that is too high of a number of murders, whether they're black or not. It doesn't matter the race or whether they're even armed or not. 493 people and a small amount of time spent in jail. Very strange. There's people in jail right now. It shows how fucked up the justice system is. There's there's a lot of people who are spending large amounts of time incarcerated just due to the fact that they cannot make their bail. And their lives get destroyed. They get arrested. They can't afford to make bail. They're in there for multiple weeks. They lose their job. They lose their families. Their life falls apart outside. They can't afford an attorney. They go into trial and they get fucking wiped clean. No witnesses, no nothing, no programs, no help, no money on your books. And you become a lost soul inside of a cement jungle. You know, two people who just don't have enough money. But we have people out here walking freely who have murdered. Murdered. There are some people who have been in, you know, self-defense and things like that and have followed the rules of engagement. But there are murderers out there walking around. 
who are wearing the badge, you know, and it it's wrong and it's intense, you know, and I'm, I'm curious to see how this will move forward. You know, we're in a fragile time. We have a very controversial president. We have a p- massive pandemic going on. And now we have these massive riots going on, you know, like call me crazy, but you know, when, who's going to be the first person to talk about the fall of Rome? You know, every single capitalist society has fallen. And no, I don't think we're, you know, technology wise, I don't even think we're close to our peak, but we are thriving. And sooner or later, this monster of a, uh, of a country, this society, this economy, sooner or later, it's going to fall. You know, how things have escalated just in the last 10 years um, scares me to, to, for what this country will look like in my lifetime, in my son's lifetime. You know, like things are just happening. They're strange. Like we don't even think about it anymore. We've been in a war for 20 years. You know, we're, we're a society where our media moves so fast and information moves so fast that we lose interest in things. You know, we thought Vietnam was a super long war, World War Two, World War One, couple years, you know, unbelievable times and tragic. We've had our we've had our soldiers and our American citizens over um in the east for 20 years still fighting to this day still dying you know and it's almost like you know there's a lot of it's like man i wish the people in the country would pay their respects there are people out there of all shapes sizes colors races religions and creeds and our military fighting hand in hand you know next to one another and to to guarantee the the liberties that we have and the safety that we have in this country and we're abusing it while they're over there sitting in sand and on choppers and getting shot at and in missions and not seeing their family and watching their kids through a tablet and losing their friends and things like that um, and losing their mental health and, and limbs and, and their physical health and we're abusing we're abusing what they're doing over there we're taking it for granted that's my personal opinion you know because I have a lot of buddies who went military and they are very like hoorah. And if you were to look at them, you would, you know, your, your initial judgment would be a Trumper, right? Like a, let's make America great again. Yeah. Fuck yeah. America. Like, you know, this, that, and the other, don't be a pussy, blah, blah, blah. But you know, they might, they have somewhat of that exterior, but they also like, when it comes to the racism aspect of it, you know, I, I've, I know guys, big old lifted trucks, Confederate flags, American flags, who are ex-military, who don't believe in that at all, who had brothers over there. And you realize when you see a piece of hot lead go through somebody's body, that a white and a black man bleed out the same. A white and a black man gasp for air on their last breaths exactly the same way, cry the same way, you know. When someone saves your life, it doesn't matter if they're black or white. It's your brother that saved your life. When you're about to make a move to save somebody else's life, you're protecting somebody else. When you have someone in a scope on your gun and you pull the trigger, you killed a human being. And I think they get they get enlightened to that. You know, they're, they see that on the front lines and they realize that how important it is to peel back the skin. You have to. And move off of people's actions, you know, or else 
or else war over there would be even worse and even more damaging than it is. I'm not saying that the military doesn't do some scandalous shit, but you know, when it comes down to the people on the ground floor, not the suits and ties, the real criminals that are making the calls up top, I'm talking about the grunts that are on the floor, making things happen and scaring the living shit out of the rest of this world to make sure that they do not walk into our, walk onto our soil. It's just wild, you know, like, it may sound dumb and it may sound cheesy, but man, we need some Rastafari in our lives. Like we need some love in here. You know, like I wish, you know, like I, I wish that people could have been, I, I tip my hat to my mom and my dad. They made it. So, you know, you don't judge anybody, you know, you don't, you don't trust anybody and you don't judge anybody. You know, you, you make your judgment on people by the actions that they make, by the way that they move, by the things that they say, not the ways that they look. Um, that wasn't always practiced towards me, but I was also taught to stay above it. You know, I've been climbing the corporate ladder at FedEx for a long time. I've had tons of jobs. I've lived all over the place on the West coast, all over Northern California, Nevada. And, um, you know, there are times when my patience gets tested. Um, but I just won't, but I just can't give in. You know, I wasn't raised like that. I have a job to do. I have a son. You know, I'm extremely driven and I, I want to move up and I want to be I want to be successful financially, emotionally, spiritually, cognitively, you know, and I I push my way through the door. You know, now I do notice when I sit down in corporate meetings with, you know, 30, 40 people or my entire building of 20 officers, you know, and and I'm the only black person sitting at the table. I do notice those things, but I do not let those things hinder me, you know, and that's a lot easier said than done, you know, but. You can tell that there's parents who are still trying to instill that, but the, you know, the society that we live in is so aggressively overbearing and is louder than those good voices in the back of our heads that our parents or our friends or our family or whatever the case may be, and it overpowers it. And there's so many sources of stimuli and information that come in from all four corners, whether it be news or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or tabloids or blogs or podcasts or whatever the case may be you know tons and tons and tons and tons of angles of people giving the wrong opinions and bad information and and you know voicing their hate which encourages retaliation and it's it's truly just heartbreaking you know sitting here on the news and i'm sitting on the couch with my two and a half year old son and i get an alarm on my phone that says you know washu county has a mandatory curfew um, you know, stay indoors. There's police all over the streets because we're out there vandalizing and things like that. And this Black Lives Matter protest got out of control, just like it has everywhere else. And it breaks my heart. You know, I get, I'm terrified for my son. I'm terrified for the people out there who, who are being victimized. I'm terrified for our society. I'm terrified that we're not going to be able to find equality on the masses. I'm terrified that this wound is too deep. I'm terrified that our country is in the state of Chicago, where so many from the opposing side and our side have taken lives of loved ones and brothers and family members and sisters and kids that this hate and this feud is so deep that it will not end. You know, like, uh, it just will not. I mean, we've... I, and I'm scared. I hope it does. But 
that that's a that's a legitimate fear of mine you know so i do reach out to everybody you know i tip my hat to the people who are going out there at the blm rallies and i you know i do believe that whether it's right or wrong or whether i agree with the way that it's being done or not people going out and fighting to get their voice heard whether it's kneeling during the anthem or protesting or whatever the case may be you know whatever it is that your action is and you you do it with a uh, the genuine motive in your heart to have your voice be heard and, and to bring equality. I tip my hat to you. I don't think everyone's going to fight the same way, but I think it's important that everybody fights. And I think the small battles are important to bring success to the big battles. And I hope that we can find um, an end to this before it gets bad, before we start to crumble, you know, before we start to look like other countries with less infrastructure and protection and organization and accountability. Um, Because as of right now, today, that is what our country is looking like. It's extremely divided. It's scared. It's uneducated. It's fragile. And we have a pandemic going on, you know, and it sucks that something like this happens during this time because, you know, with this pandemic, it doesn't matter your doesn't matter who you are. It's a virus and it'll attack anybody. Obviously, there's a certain group that's being attacked more, but, uh, you know, it's attacking people, not races, people. You know, you can dig into other numbers and things like that. But really, the grand scheme of things is every country, every person could be a victim of this, you know, and, uh, you know, I was we hope that it sheds some light that we need to care for others, no matter who they are, no matter what their status is. You know, it shows truly how equal human beings are biologically, and that's how we should all be treated. But that's going to get fogged out by all this, you know, and, and the social injustices are going to come back to light. And anger is a very, very dangerous emotion to have when you go into a fight. So please, I ask everyone, you know, do your best to keep the peace, you know, but don't get walked over, you know, keep your families and your friends and, and your loved ones close and uh, preach love, you know, preach love. You know, I know it's cheesy, but, you know, that's 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 what I think it is. That's what I think a big solution is. Podcast Poppy talking about a real moment um, signing off. I wish us the best of luck. Thank you for tuning in. Catch us next week with me, Podcast Poppy, on a brand new episode of Quarter Life Crisis.